baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We heard Laura talk about some of those new rules that are going into effect in Minnesota, and we're going to talk with some small business owners and restaurant owners in the next coming days to talk about how that will affect their business. But something else I wanted to get to before we, we you've been hearing a lot about the laws in the news. So I'm going to pivot here because I was reading some of the best advice that people had given. And this was like a roundup uh, in an article in the Times about best advice from 2023. It doesn't have to be 2023 specific. Like, for example, Marty from Minneapolis recommended you never fry bacon in the nude. I thought to myself, that's, what? that's right. I mean, that's okay. If someone asks you, what's the best advice you have for me? And you say to them, never fry bacon in the nude. I think to myself, oh, that's good advice. Right, David? Because you can see where that would be a problem, right? I can, but it's a mm-hmm. little out of left field, and it, um, it has is. potential to conjure an unsavory mental picture as it well. Is. Again, all of those things are true. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's good advice, i.e., don't wear your socks in the shower, yeah, okay, don't take okay. any wooden nickels. I yeah. mean, we get it. it. It's good advice. But some people gave more thoughtful responses, and I thought, you know what? Let's do that. Let's talk about it. It is a time of learning, uh, reflecting on the the old, meaning the year, and moving into the new, which is 2024. We hope for peace, success, happiness, health, all of those things. Um, so um, what have we learned? What's the advice? And I'm taking yours because I dish out advice every Thursday on Dear Jordana. I'm taking it. Best advice and and try to make it maybe something you've learned over the last year you know no not don't wear your socks in the shower we know not to wear our socks in the shower friends so i want to i want to hear it linda from austin texas uh tells the times you cannot learn anything when you are talking now that is a, a beautiful thing for a talk show host to hear because we talk a lot it's it's three hours of talking but she's absolutely right because I learned a lot about Ukraine and I was not talking about Ukraine. I was asking questions and I was listening and hearing what Joe Lindsley had to say. And if you didn't listen, please use the Odyssey app and use the rewind feature because we just had that conversation at 1030 that he's not, they're not getting from the international community, including America, what they need to win the war. They're getting what they need to fight the war, but not win the war. And that is an interesting dilemma that will cause us to question our lawmakers, as we should. So there you go. You cannot learn anything when you are talking. Basically, Linda's saying zip it. Great advice. Uh, Valerie in Oakland, California says, walk toward the monster. She continues, the pain, the scary thing, the grief. Interesting advice. As humans... We are genetically conditioned with the lizard brain to walk away from things that are scary or painful, cause us sadness. 
right? We're looking for comfort and security. She's saying walk toward it. That's great advice. Stephen in New Haven, Connecticut says, as a retired internist, my best advice is that COVID is still around. So continue to wear high quality, well-fitting masks and get your vaccinations and boosters. All right. Good advice. 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. Paul has called us. Paul, nope. is this Paul the dance? Oh, oh, uh, I'm sorry. No, it's Johnny, actually. Johnny is oh. on the phone with us here. So sorry. Johnny is in Chaska. Hi, Johnny. Good morning. Hi. How are you, Jordana? Well, I'm okay. It's been a hard time, but I'm glad to hear your voice, my friend. <laughs> Oh, good. Uh, yeah, my best advice, I, I got off an old Dixie Hummingbirds record. Um, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Amen, Johnny. Kindness is so underrated, and thank you for reminding us of that this morning. Johnny and Chaska, I appreciate you listening, sir. And thank That's you for that Everything advice. to everybody there. You... Everything. Bye. Everything. Happy New Year, my friend. I love that. I love that. Kindness and important to be nice. Yes, Johnny. Yes. 651-461-9226. Uh, Carol from England said this advice. Notice the signs of loneliness on the bus, in the queue, in a cafe, and speak to the person. She continues, the comment can be simple, like, beautiful sunny day today, or, oh, look at that cloud, more rain on the way, or hope you don't mind me asking, what are you reading? She says, most people don't turn away, they want to talk and share their lives. Wow. <coughs> this is good advice and a great reminder. A kind word can change somebody's day. And, it, you know, it doesn't even have to be, I like your shirt, but she said, oh, look at that cloud. Interaction, human interaction. Beautiful advice, Carol. Thank you for that. Um, let's see. Monique, also from London, says, I was in a vintage shop with my friend Max. I saw a sequin top. I remarked to him I wouldn't have anywhere to wear such a sparkly top in my current life, but I'd love to. He replied, choose a different lifestyle. And she says she's thought about those words every day since. Wow. Good one. If you want to wear a sequin top... Choose a lifestyle that allows you to wear a sequin top. Or just wear the top to work, right? David's going to laugh at me because I wear sequins on Monday sometimes. I'll, wear, I'll come in in a sequin top. I love it. Monica, that's great. Choose a different lifestyle. Wear your sequin top. Do it. Make it happen. Uh, let's see. Frank from Pittsburgh says, if you know someone who isn't weird, it just means you get to know, you need to get to know them better. David, are we all weird? Yeah. Uh, we might yeah, be. I think we all are. Um, yes. You know, I, I always think of family when I think of that, that. Like, everyone's family is weird, mm. right? Like, if you dig in, if yeah. you hear, start hearing stories oh, yeah. after mm-hmm. the holiday season about your family and some sort of oddity or dysfunction or whatever, everyone's family's weird. And then if you stop and for think sure. about it for a minute, you go, well, darn it, that means I'm weird, too. So I guess we're all mm-hmm. in the same boat. Mm-hmm. That's right. Get to know him a little bit. That's true. Everybody's weird. It's okay. It's just, it's just your brand of weird might be different than someone else's brand of weird. Um, let's see. Some of your texts on the line, and we're talking about 
your best advice. Some of this is best advice from 2023, COVID-related, things like that. But I love hearing things like this because it does. It, it, it shifts me. It's especially that one about the sequin top. If you, you know, oh, I'd love to wear that, but I don't have anywhere to wear it. Well, find a place to wear it. Buy your sequin top. Uh, let's see. Your text say this. Never go to bed angry. Fair enough. Uh, other, another text. Don't judge people based on how they look. Mm-hmm. That is good life advice. Never. Let's see. Uh, this is from Jay Alex in Chicago. When I was in a depressive episode, never make a major decision or change your hair. Wait till you're feeling better, then decide. Oh, friends. <laughs> That's so true. Change like, your uh, hair. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I once got a perm when I was pregnant. Oof. Okay. Uh, yes, I know. And, and this was like, like when I was pregnant. That was like 2003. So it's not like it, this was the 80s. But I don't know what was happening. I guess the pregnancy was affecting my hair badly, maybe making me lose my natural curls. And I said, like, I wanted some more body. And my hairdresser gave me like a perm or a body wave or whatever you called it at the time that was socially acceptable. And it was the worst hair ever. I remember I went home and my husband just looked at me and I went back that afternoon and I'm like, you need to do something about this. I can't have it this way. And my hairdresser rolled his eyes and hated it, but then he ended up straightening it and it was, it was a disaster. I got, I got a perm when I was pregnant. So yeah, I, I wouldn't, maybe I wasn't in a depressive episode, but I was in an altered hormonal state and maybe not making the best beauty decisions while I was pregnant. So uh, this advice definitely speaks to me. My uh, brother-in-law just, he shaved his head on New Year's Eve. He's never gone oh. bald before. And just as a like, up oh, New Year, he's, it's not, he's not balding or anything like that. It's not for a charity. It's just as a, a thing to do. What do you think about that? Is that a, a good decision, a good time to do that? Or is that... Uh, well, I mean, he did it on that? New Year's Eve. So like, was he trying to prove a point or is he trying to, um, you know, New Year, New Me? Uh, yeah, like- New Year, New Me. And it was planned out. It, you know, it wasn't for a specific reason, but it's not like he just like drank too much and shaved his head. It was like okay. a thing okay. that was planned out for a, a week ahead of time. And he said, no, I'm going to try this out this year. Was he going bald? No, not at all. Oh. He's young. He's in his 20s. Oh, okay. So just yeah, then go for it. Okay, I I love a good hair, a good new haircut. Okay, but again, never when you're in a depressive state or like you're again maybe hormonal or what have you. You know, you (laughs) cut bangs and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I did. Um, But no, and also I think for dudes that's a little easier because in a few weeks his hair's going to grow back. Yes, indeed. So he's so that's not. um, And I guess my perm would have worn out or whatever. But I, I, I hear what you're saying. No, but let me know how that goes for him if he likes being bald or not. I'll let you know. The pregnant thing, by the way, like my wife didn't do that, but just having um, lived with my wife during both of her pregnancies, like the making a decision and then regretting it and then crying on the couch because of it, even though it's a dumb Mm -hmm. little decision, I'm Mm -hmm. like, that is pregnancy Mm -hmm. in a nutshell right there. (laughs) Yes. And, And no judgment about that, friends. It's just, it is. Your hormones are out of whack. It's... You know, you're you sometimes, yes, you can work and yes, you can function and yes, you, you can be a normal person. But there are moments of pregnancy where we make bad choices. <laughs> oh, so, yes, that happens. <laughs> um, I absolutely love this one. Uh, the best. This is from Lori in Seattle, Washington. She says, the best advice I received was to photograph my parents doing everyday things because this is how I want to remember them. I never considered that. You know, you always take a photo and you're posing or you're, you know, at a family event or you're dressed up. 
but you never, you know, take a photo of your mom reading a book or of your dad mowing the lawn. Or I, those were very sexist things, but, you know, just doing the regular stuff. Yeah. yeah. And she's right about that because when you look at candids or you, you, someone takes a picture and then somebody's in the back doing something very normal, that's their true self. Well, yeah, if you, if you think about what you want to see your, you know, your ancestors doing, what is significant, like, yeah, I'd love to see a picture of my grandparents, you know, milking cows or uh, baking cookies or whatever they did at the time. You know, you don't need to see another posed photo in front of the Christmas tree. Those are right. a dime a dozen. Right. Ooh, here's one that really speaks to me. Uh, this and, and jump in at six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six. You know, best advice here. One of your texters says good advice. Don't entertain negative thoughts. They'll make you miserable. <coughs> Sorry for my coughing. I get that. I and, and I think that is terrific advice. Sometimes, though, <clears throat> you need to think deeply about things that are not positive, And that's OK. But I, I believe that negative thoughts may be about self-talk or about the way you treat yourself like, oh, I'm fat or I'm. Um, ugly or I'm, you know, my bad haircut, that I get. Certainly negative thoughts about yourself. They don't do anybody any good. And that is good advice. Uh, I'll read you the one that just spoke to me. This is from Anne in Oregon. She says, learn to say, I need time to think about this. And you'll save yourself a world of trouble. Um, That is fantastic. And that is something that I have had to learn. Because in this line of work, we are we have a reactionary job. We see the news or something happens in the news or in our community and we react to it. And sometimes I wish I would have held my tongue. And now it is imperative that I think about things before I get on and make, you know, we do winging it Wednesdays, which is, you know, kind of funny. But I do really try to think about things before I have a strong opinion one way or the other and gut check my own opinion. Trust me, guys, I have been asking the world around us, am I nuts? Am I nuts? Am I nuts? You know, that this whole thing with Israel, I, I just want to make sure that I am seeing things clearly. And I've been gut checking myself, certainly in the last few weeks. But this is great advice. Need to, you learn to say, I need time to think about this. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I want to take a break. But there's one from Falcon, Falcon Heights. Leonard from Falcon Heights, Minnesota, says this. Never take criticism from someone you wouldn't go to for advice. Amen, Leonard. Think about that. If somebody's biting remark hurts you, you wouldn't normally go to them and ask for advice, right? Someone yells something at you on the street or someone remarks on something on social media, you wouldn't ask them for advice. Who cares about their criticism? Leonard, you're genius. 651-461-9226. I see your text coming through. We'll stick with the best advice you got next. I love hearing your advice. I do. Here's a really practical piece of advice. They didn't sign their name, but someone someone says this on our text line. This is the um, Cities One talking text line. Are we still doing that, David? Is it still the Cities One? Uh, No, it is not. Okay, so it is the David Josephson talking text line. (laughs) Thank you, David, for sponsoring the talk and text line. You bet. Uh, Let's see. They write this. To avoid getting scammed through responding to a fake email, put your mouse on the source of the email, just in front of the subject line. And if the info box shows an email that does not have the company name on it, the email is a scam. 
click the box to get uh, the spam button and put it in spam. This is true. If you are like, God, this email looks weird, but it has Verizon or it has, you know, XL Energy or it has your mortgage company in it, just hover your mouse from the sender. And often it'll say like XYZ, um, XL Energy, or, you know, it's a fake email account that incorporates a company's name that might be familiar to you. This is a phishing expedition, and this person is exactly right. So by the way, that's great advice, and thank you for sharing it. Hey, Jor, best advice, golden rule. Uh, best advice, you are who your friends are. And most importantly, the golden rule. Interesting. i got to look around at my friends, make sure they're nice people. <laughs> hey, Jor, we can always be tran- thankful for the troubles we do not have. So true. So true. Uh, Mark from St. Paul writes this, tell the truth. Your problem becomes part of your past. Tell a lie and your problem becomes your future. Wow. That's true because you always got to remember that lie and keep covering for it. Wow. Jill in Vadness Heights says, don't turn down invitations if you can go. Good reminder, Jill. Good reminder. I love it. Uh, so I, I love hearing your advice. Uh, let's get back to the article. Some some of those are from you, 651-461-9226. I think this goes along with what we just heard. Pay now or pay later, Jennifer in Wisconsin says. Problems don't go away on, the, on their own. So determine what it will cost you to solve it now versus waiting. That's right. I love it. Don't sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, let's see. Some uh, This Loretta in New York says, at 66 years old, I became a certified Pilates instructor. Wow. Move your body every day. Give yourself the gift of well-being. Yeah, that's really important. That is really important. Um, Steve in Los Angeles writes this, give up all hope of changing the past. That is liberating. Absolutely liberating, Steve. I'll leave you with that one. Give all hope... Give up all hope of changing the past because no matter how much you hope or how much you try, that is absolutely never going to change. So fun. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your advice. I'm going to take some more cough medicine on the break. Uh, when we get back, I read an article about uh, Senator John Fetterman, uh, and it was interesting that he says, this is, this is the senator, of course, from Pennsylvania, and he's the one who wears the hoodies you know, on the Senate floor and people judge him. And he also took time off for a mental health issue. And he said, I need to take a break from being a senator to take care of my mental health. He thought that was going to wreck his career. And we don't have to get into the article and it's okay if you didn't read it, but it gave me pause to think that this is a person who was afraid his truth was going to wreck his career, yet he did it anyway. He came out and was very honest about his mental health struggles. And I thought to myself on the beginning of this new year, that is so inspirational. 
He made this choice. He thought it was going to end badly. He owned his truth. He shared his truth. And it had the opposite effect. People came out of nowhere to support him and to thank him for being honest. So it got me thinking, because I have had experiences like this in my life, which I will share with you in the next half hour. When is a time where you owned a truth that maybe you thought was not going to be popular or was not going to serve you, that you were truly yourself and it turned out well? I'm hoping to do this exercise with you so it will give us inspiration for the new year to be more ourselves, to be more comfortable with ourselves, to be more honest with ourselves and our community. So think about that. When is an example in your life where you had something you thought was going to be bad for you if people found out, and then you admitted it or people found out, and it turned out okay? I want to hear that story. 651 9226. Next. Senator John Fetterman said he was having dark conversations about harming himself before he finally sought treatment. He said he wanted to do it for his kids. He was a first term Pennsylvania senator and he was at a really high point in his career. But he checked himself into Walter Reed National Military Medical Center because he was afraid he was going to harm himself. And he said, I don't know what else to do. And thank God he did that. And then he talked about it on Meet the Press. And he shared information about him feeling depressed. And he also said that he assumed it would be the end of his career. He assumed it would be done. You know, he's had a lot of issues. Uh, Fetterman had a stroke in May of 2022. Uh, Obviously, he has been, um, he has had clinical depression. He has a lot of medical issues. But he is a senator from Pennsylvania who has been very honest about his mental health. He said he was um, two months at Walter Reed and aides describe him uh, before he went as withdrawn, uninterested in eating, uninterested in work. And he says he knew he needed help. Okay. He says after six weeks of inpatient treatment, he was what he called in remission. He was able to function. He was able to perform everyday tasks. He was probably able to feel happiness. And he was talking about it now because he knows that the holidays can be a dark time for people. But the bravery, I think, that he displayed for getting help for these issues, especially in such a public business. The man's a senator. It's not like we weren't going to notice that he disappeared for six weeks to check himself into a hospital for mental health treatment. But he's talking about it. And he said... I definitely thought my political career would be over, but it's not. And I, again, his bravery is wonderful and astounding. And I'm so glad that he's talking about mental health issues because we all should be talking about that more without shame, without embarrassment for asking for help or even having mental health issues because it's just like having cancer or having diabetes. So 
it got me thinking about owning our own truth and going into the new year being more authentically ourselves. And I don't want to use that as a buzzword, but, you know, that's who he is. <clears throat> Sorry about the cough, everyone. I'm still working on getting rid of it. Um, when did this happen for you? Was there a time in your life that you wanted to hide something, that you thought it would be unpopular, that you thought, if I am my authentic self, people won't like me, and then it turned out well? 651-461-9226. I'll share that, um, and I didn't have much of a choice in this, I have to be honest. I'm no senator, but when I was diagnosed with leukemia in 2020, um, I at first, I didn't realize that I would have to be um, out of commission for so long. You know, my treatments, I, I was hospitalized for months at a time. And obviously, I couldn't, re- I couldn't really work then. But at first, my initial thought was, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to work and, and, and get my treatment? And a lot of questions went through my head. But it was pretty obvious to me. Uh, you know, certainly within the first few days of my diagnosis, I was shipped off to Mayo within two days, um, that I was just going to have to come clean with you guys and everybody. And I, I couldn't protect my kids from this. I couldn't protect my family. There, w- there was no lying about this. And, um, and I did. And I remember like coming on the air the next day and I just had to be very honest about it. Was I worried I was going to lose my job? legally, they can't fire me for getting cancer. So I wasn't necessarily worried about that. There were other things to worry about. Am I going to live? You know, am I ever going to be able to work again? Am I going to be normal? There were other things to worry about. But, you know, there's also, you're very vulnerable when you say like, I am sick, I could die. I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm scared. And after I did that, the outpouring of support was so beneficial and so helpful for me that I think I, I credit the listeners and my family and friends and anybody who supported me as having a big role in my recovery. So I would, that's why I don't ever understand people who hide their illnesses or you don't find out about it till later, you know, like you hear maybe about a public figure or about a, um, a politician who you didn't necessarily know they were going through treatment. And look, it's their right because it's a very private thing and you don't know what's going to happen. You might die. Um, but I found that being public about it was such a source of support from people that I didn't know. And I still get letters for from like Julie Brayfrock and Deb Weineman. And I thank you so much for that. Uh, we have maintained friendships. Uh, that uh, people started when they cared about me when they heard I was sick, that it served me so well being open and honest about that. And even posting videos, you know, I posted a ton of videos on my social media and it wasn't pretty friends. I mean, I was hospitalized. I had wires coming out all of me. I was bald. I was skinny. It wasn't pretty, but shining a light on all of that and even getting the feedback and mostly getting the feedback from people that were like, Jor, we're with you. You know, no one ever said like, oh, you look so skinny or you look terrible. Thank God, because I was sick. But it was really supportive. And I was my most vulnerable then. So that really worked out for me in the end. And I'm going to give you another example of when this worked out for me. 
And if you have a story, I want to hear it. When you were vulnerable and how sharing your truth, being more authentic, worked out for you. Uh, when I first was on the air here, and, and oh gosh, how long was that? It was 2012. Okay, so it's going to be 14 years, which is astounding to me uh, that I'm on the air here. Um, I had a night show. And it was very, um, you know, I, I tried to talk about things that were in the news, things that are topical and this and that. And it wasn't until I started talking about, you know, issues with the kids or, or particularly my divorce, because I was going through a divorce at the time, that I was really starting to form uh, relationships with the listeners, other people who had been through it, who were going through it. Um, and that was... Well, it speaks to the power of radio, but it was selfishly helpful for me when I was talking about my divorce. It was embarrassing. It was awful. Nobody wants to get divorced. Nobody wants to have their husband leave them and me be alone with three kids. It was devastating to me. I didn't want to get divorced. But opening up about that on the radio and in a blog that I wrote when I was first at, at CCO Radio was helpful to me. Sure, it was embarrassing, but... um I needed to kind of get over that and maybe get over the embarrassment of it. Maybe it wasn't embarrassing. Um, so I, that really helped me also. And speaking of this, speaking of this, uh, you know, opening up about things, when I started to open up to you, and this really didn't happen until I started doing the afternoon show with Paul, when I started to open up about my Judaism, I found that to be very, well, relevatory because there's a lot of anti-Semitism out there. But I am so appreciative of Minnesotans because we are a Jews are a very small percentage here in Minnesota. And people were so interested and kind and welcoming. And I had people that said, I knew a Jewish girl once when I was in school or people who have never met a Jewish person that would reach out to me on the text line or email me and say, like, thank you for sharing the story of Hanukkah or, you know, whatever I was sharing that day that might have been topical uh, or, or about Shabbat or about my kids bar mitzvahs or, you know, things like that. Um, people were, were so kind in being open and willing to hear about that, that it encouraged me more. And people would send me emails and appreciate the education about this. So it has really opened me up to be free because Judaism is a large part of my life, my religion. I'm interested in all religions. And I, I like sharing about it. And I'm so grateful that people were willing to hear about it. That being said, I have had other Jews reach out to me and say, maybe you shouldn't be so open. You know, there's a lot of hate out there. You know, maybe you should protect yourself. And I understand where they're coming from. But this is part of my life that I choose to own publicly. And sure, there's a lot of hate out there, but those people are idiots. And um, you listeners have taught me that it's okay to be open about that. And it's good to learn and to talk about things that are different within all of us. So I appreciate that. So those are some examples of, of when I shared my truth and they were helpful to me. Uh, Dave Schrader is filling in for Chad who is up next, and I believe he's in studio. And David, are you saying he's listening to our conversation? Uh, yeah, he's listening and uh, ready to jump in. Well, well, Dave Schrader, first of all, uh, thank you for listening. And um, we'll talk about what's coming up on your show, on Chad's show. But yeah, do, do you have an example or an experience with this? You know, I was, uh, I was on the radio the night uh, that they announced uh, Robin Williams passing. Oh, And uh, I... <laughs> had been watching comments that were flying back and forth about 
suicide and about depression. And um, I just, you know, I, I spoke very openly about the fact that when I was a teenager, I attempted mm-hmm. suicide. And, mm. you know, how it had impacted and affected me. Thankfully, things did not work. Uh, and the gun refused to go off properly. Oh, and I'm still here today. And uh, because of that, I've got wonderful children and grandchildren. And I was I was very reluctant to open up about it. But I thought, you know, there's so many misconceptions. And, oh, Robin Williams is rich and famous. Why would he be? And this is before the Louis dementia and so many of the other aspects. And I said, you know, I just wanted to come clear with the fact that depression doesn't work in a way of logic. You know, you can have mm-hmm. what appears to be everything to everybody else. Depression gnaws away at you like a cancer and just keeps uh, eroding at parts that it shouldn't. And, and it leaves you vulnerable and sad. And, of course, we had no idea to the depth of what Robin Williams was going through at that point. I was just mm. I was dealing more with the, the concept of depression itself. And uh, I was very open with it and have been ever since about my battles with depression and anxiety. And it actually brought me closer to listeners around the world that have felt like, uh, you know, I, I didn't realize that my conversation was heard so much that night and in replays of it in a podcast form that people said, you know, I was, I was uh, standing on that chasm today and I heard your episode and I thought, well, if he can pull through this, I can pull through this and we can get, you know, we can do this. So it's like you said, being open and vulnerable, sometimes it's, it's tough to do and you got to give credit to a politician who's willing to admit, Hey, I might have some mental issues going on here, and for the sake of you, me, and our country, I'm going to step back and, and get this checked instead of just the ego bravado of continuing on like there's nothing wrong, which I think overall would be much more devastating to everybody involved. So having that vulnerability is mm-hmm. uh, imperative to being, I think, a full, well-rounded human. You just have to be open about these things and let people know. And I've talked to my own children about anxiety and depression so they know you know, uh, you're not isolated when you feel these things. You are not the only one. And I don't mean it in the fact of, oh, get over it. You're not the only one. But in the fact that, hey, dad faced this, Yes. you know, and yes. this is what happened. And, you know, you, you will get through it. Right now is a horrible moment. But, you know, suicide is a, a permanent solution to a temporary inconvenience. And let's get through the storm together. I'll hold your hand. We'll take the rain and then wait for the sunshine at the end of the ride. Dave, that was so brave of you, and uh, what what an extreme story, and I'm so sorry that you had to suffer that way uh, when you were younger, and thank God. I mean, that was God looking out on you saying, you're not done, oh, you no know, doubt. jamming that gun or whatever right. happened. Thank yeah. God that that didn't happen. So, so let me ask you this. When you did say that on the air, mm-hmm. was there like a feeling of lightness? Was there even like a, a physical reaction to you releasing that? There was. I, You know... When you come clean, if you will, about something like that that you've been carrying as a, almost like a badge of shame and, and feeling mm-hmm. like you're underneath it, the fact that I could confront it, speak the words out loud, and that, knowing that they didn't sound crazy coming out, and that maybe, just maybe, somebody out there that's going through what I went through or is going through whatever Robin Williams was going through at the time will hear this and maybe realize, oh, okay, so I'm not so alone in this moment. Other people have done it. For me, it was Bruce Springsteen's music that saved me. I literally, when the gun kept jamming, mm. I went and turned on the radio, and I, I think I heard Dancing in the Dark about 10 times in a row on the radio on different stations, and all of a sudden I just I started hearing the words, and 
here's a guy who was famous, wildly famous, and at the peak of his career, and he's singing about depression and trying to yes. learn to live with who he is and what he is, and it doesn't make sense, but you got to keep moving, and you can't start a fire sitting around crying with a broken heart. You can't start a fire yeah. worrying about your little world falling apart, and it just, I was like, if this guy survived it, and he's here to still talk about it, I can I can get through this, and that's what saved my life. And thankfully to other people that heard me open up about that, they felt that same push to keep moving. And that's that's I, I think those are some of the best e- um, emails I've ever gotten. Is just uh, all of the people that have reached out to me, telling me how they've found that episode when they needed it, and uh, mm-hmm. and that it spoke to them. So, Dave, that is an amazing story. I'm I'm so grateful that. Uh, you know, our vacation schedules put us together right. today. So I could be talking about this while you were listening and you could be sharing such a beautiful story. I I really appreciate your bravery and uh, your experience because, you know, I mean, I don't think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that there are people listening out there, Dave, and, you know, people who may be struggling right now. You know, you, you said you, you shared that on the air when Robin Williams died. Well, there could be somebody listening right now who's very affected by your story. And um, I so appreciate your honesty and your bravery and the fact that you're here to tell the story. So um, Amen. Thank well, you. thank you for allowing me on thank to do you. that. And for anybody out there that is struggling and feeling alone mm-hmm. and isolated that this moment is happening to you and nobody's ever lived through this, they have, they will, and it'll continue on. You don't have to shake it off. You don't have to walk it off. You don't have to be a man. You don't have to act like a woman and, mm-hmm. and be strong through this. It, it, let the moment come, grieve through it, and then know that there will be sunshine at the end of that ride. That's all I can tell people. And and I hope that Boy, talk about advice. It. Yeah, no, That was great advice. Thank great you, advice. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.